Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Being a Fan of Disney podcast. I'm your host, Cody Howard. In today's episode, we visit with Dr. Nettie Brock, an assistant professor of communication at Moorhead State University, about cosplay and Disney bounding activities. Specifically, we talked about why people get into cosplaying and bounding activities, what they get from participation in those activities, and what cosplaying and bounding mean to our overall society. This interview was a lot of fun. I learned a lot about a topic that I'm very interested in, and it was so much fun conducting this interview with Dr. Brock. I hope you enjoy it, and please come along with us on our adventure. Okay, welcome to another class. And today we have Dr. Nettie Brock with us, and she's going to talk to us about something that I find very, very interesting um, to get into um, the meaning of it and then how it impacts fans and how it impacts larger society. So she is going to talk to us about cosplaying and bounding and what those are and what they mean to the people and participants um, of those activities. And so without further ado, um, Dr. Brock, welcome and thank you for joining us. If you could, just to start out, give us a little bit of history of your journey um, to becoming a Disney fan and then kind of how you got into Disney cosplay or cosplaying in general and Disney bounding. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, this is a lot of fun. I love talking about this stuff, so yay. Um, so, I mean, I've always been a Disney fan. I'm one of those, you know, millennials who grew up on Disney. My parents are from Southern California and they grew up going to Disneyland. And so, so did we basically. Uh, we watched all of the main Disney movies. This is my cat, Genevieve. She will cameo a lot. Um, and, you know, uh, so like my favorite stuffed animal when I was a kid was named Ariel, even though she was weirdly a clown teddy bear. She was called Ariel because like I was the right age, you know, for the Little Mermaid. And so it's always been Disney, always. Um, and I, you know, I always really loved it. And one semester after a class, it was fall 2014, at the end of class, at like they, my students were taking their final exams. One of my students walks up, hands me his final exam. And he's like, I just really wanted to tell you how much I enjoyed this class. And also thank you so much for Disney bounding, Disney bounding. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and he was like, Disney bounding. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I don't know what that means. And so I had to go, cause I was like a final exam. I didn't have time to ask him more. So I like went home and Googled it and I was like, Oh, I see. Okay. Cause I mean, I'm a funky dresser. And so he just assumed I was doing it on purpose and that I was like purposefully choosing to dress like Disney characters. And I was like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Um, but I love that you think that I am. Um, and I have done, I had done cosplaying before, you know, I've been to a couple of conventions and I just was like, well, I will dress like characters because like, that's what you do when you go to to conventions and I am again a sort of funky dresser so I just found clothes and I'm always it's always cosplay for me because like that's easiest um but I had done it and so then in 
uh, this, the following spring, I was in a class where I had to write a paper about fans. It was a fans class. And I was like thinking about what I wanted to do. And I was like, oh, these Disney bounders, let's find out more information about them. And so I did, and I spent a whole month Disney bounding um, like every single day as part of the March Disney bound challenge that they do every year. And then I interviewed the Disney bounders to get into it. And then actually totally coincidentally that following summer, my family went to Disney world. And so I got to do it there as well and do this whole thing. And so that was how that sort of story played out. Okay. Yeah. Well, and, and, and thanks for that. And that's actually the, the first time that I reached out to you was a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, I was working on something, starting to get into uh, comparing fandom and sport and rivalry and sport with that of theme park attendance. And um, that's where I came across your paper on Disney bounding. Um, and so the, can you kind of walk us through a layperson's definition um, about what is cosplaying and then what's the difference between cosplaying and what people refer to as bounding? So cosplaying is basically dressing in uh, screen accurate costumes from film or television, right? Something visual media and dressing in screen accurate costumes. This is something that cosplayers are really devoted to is making sure that the costumes look accurate. Um, and Disney founders are just or, or I'm sorry, any sort of bounding, because it's not Disney bounding uh, necessarily, but bounders are people that dress um, in sort of everyday clothes as though the character that they're dressing as were a normal person just okay. dressing in normal everyday modern 21st century clothing. Um, it's a lot more, um, it, it's not got that same emphasis on the screen accuracy. That is not something to emphasize. And in fact, all of my Disney bounders were like, oh, cosplaying is just weirdly they're obsessed with making it perfect and we don't want to be perfect we just want to be fine we want to make it okay. enough yeah. and so that's what i and most of them that i talked to saw as being the main difference is um cosplaying is really committed to doing as much accuracy as possible and disney bounding is just the uh the sort of spirit of the thing okay um yeah so then there, I, I want to put a pin in um, the Disney bounding. So just a mental pen. So I'll come back to it. But with with cosplaying, the screen accurate depiction, um, like does that include when someone goes out for Halloween and maybe they wear like uh, a Captain America or Iron Man or Mickey Mouse that they purchased maybe like at a Costco or Target or something like that? Is that considered kind of that, that screen accurate representation or depiction, um, or would it actually go beyond that for the, the, the cosplay purposes? So the definition of cosplay that most uh, theorists have sort of put out in this world includes some element of identity along with just the, the costume okay. that, and this does expand, expand into the Disney bounders as well, but even just for cosplaying that the people who cosplay see some sort of identification between them and the character that they're playing, 
not playing because they're not really playing, but you know, mm -hmm. that they are in that moment. Um, and so I think that's the difference between cosplaying and just Halloween costumes, because we don't really, when we're wearing a Halloween costume, we might for that day be like, mm -hmm. I am Captain America. Ah! But you don't like spend time sort of thinking about which character do I want to be the most because I relate to this character the most. I, you don't feel like I really want to make this character come to life because this character is me or I am this character. And I think that's what cosplayers spend a lot more time thinking about, which ones they identify with the most. And so they are more like socially connected to that character than you are just for Halloween. Okay. So there... There is a, if you will, there, there's a, like a deeper psychological connection between the individual and the character that they want to represent. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. and that's why they're wanting to do it in the most screen accurate way that they can. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's interesting because in this class, um, the, the, the students um, this semester have and future semesters will um they actually write a paper on um, which MCU character is most representative of them or which mm -hmm. characters is, are most representative of them and, and looking at different characteristics. And it, it kind of comes from a project that, um, that I had done on helping students acclimate to the college setting. Um, and so something like that, when somebody identifies, hey, I identify with this this personality or this characteristic of this comic book character or cartoon character therefore i want to represent them that kind of is what leads people into cosplaying i i certainly think so um i haven't personally interviewed cosplayers about this okay. but like that's what the research tells us that people are doing that's how most people are choosing that's what my disney founders said and how they chose characters so yeah okay that's definitely what i would say and so then the so then you mentioned the from the the bounding perspective that those are individuals who want to represent what a character would look like just in everyday life like if they were living in our reality mm -hmm. so Whereas a cosplayer dresses, and correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like a, or co sounds like a cosplayer dresses so that they look like they belong in the screen accurate reality. Someone who participates in bounding takes that character and kind of dresses as though that character were living in our reality, not the screen reality. Yes, I okay. think that's a really good way of putting it, that it's like, for cosplaying, we become part of the movie, and for Disney bounding, the character become part of our world. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so then, but there's still that 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 identification with that character, yes. right? Yeah. Um, so then, people who bound, they have specific characters that that they want to represent in our reality, right? They do. I will say Disney Banners has very flexible definitions sometimes of what character means. Um, I did have somebody talk to me about Disney bounding as, as Ariel's fork once. 
Um, and so they're very flexible on this. And then they have these Disney bounding challenges where it's like every day they try to di Disney bound somebody different. And so then they really are sort of stretching this identification. Um, but they talk about identifying with Disney rather than specific okay. characters sometimes. Okay. And so it's sometimes it is about specific characters they'll they said like I really always wanted to be like Belle and so I dress like Belle pretty regularly but a lot of them just say that what they really identify with is the Disney spirit and they want to to enact this sort of nostalgia of their childhood and okay. so it's it's less about like a personal relationship to a personal character and more like I just want to be a part of the Disney universe okay okay and so then like right now for people who are watching, they can see people who aren't watching. They don't know. I have a hat on that has Mickey Mouse on him and a, a pullover that has Mickey Mouse. That is not bounding. That is just branded merchandise, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. And now I also um, occasionally I will wear, I have a jacket that um, looks like kind of like Captain America's uh, jacket that he wore in, I think, Civil War, um, that it has like the the star in the middle. And it kind of, you definitely, when you see it, you definitely know that it's Captain America. It doesn't say Captain America on it. it doesn't say Marvel on it. Um, when people do that, is that that branded merchandise or is that kind of more into that realm of bounding or is it, <clears throat> excuse me, does it depend on, kind of the intention behind wearing that i would say it's probably the intention behind it it, okay. it, it probably is veering more towards disney bounding if you wanted it to be disney bounding right okay. it could just be like i threw this hoodie on today and i don't care or it could be like that i really feel like i want to be captain america today you know maybe okay. you need the confidence of captain america and so you wore the outfit and now you're disney bounding okay okay so then the and there is it seems like um, I'm thinking of one example and one of the more recent Disney movies, animated movies, where they actually brought Disney bounding into that movie and then had a whole merchandise line off of it. If you remember in um, Ralph Breaks the Internet, yeah, when when um, Vanellope von Schweetz has the scene with all of the Disney princesses. And then the, there's a later scene, they cut to something else. And when they come back, all of the Disney princesses are wearing like shirts and, and, and not their princess clothing, I guess. But they all have like, you know, something that identifies to that particular character. And then Disney started selling that merchandise after. Um, so it seems like there, there's something that, you know, the company is catering to those people who choose to do that by bringing it in, into one of their animated movies as well. They absolutely do. Disney is totally fully aware of Disney bounders. Um, so Disney bounding was sort of created, if you can call it that, but made very public by Leslie Kay, who is a, a blogger. And they have, they work with her now. And she does um, like various events and like blogs and things specifically for Disney about Disney bounding. And so they're totally aware of it. And they, um, you know, definitely I was thinking about that scene from the 
Ralph Bick breaks the internet as this ultimate example. That is, if because they every one of them is dressed as though those Disney princesses lived in our world. That's how they would dress. And so, yeah, that's absolutely Disney bounding becoming meta. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We talked about what, why people kind of get into cosplaying or why they choose to, to bound and some of the, the antecedents that lead into that. But can you talk to us about some of the things that people get from cosplaying and bounding in those types of activities? Absolutely. Yeah. So the biggest thing that they talk about is um, that they just feel a lot of joy and they just love doing it. And so um, they, 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 um, you know, they feel this sense of the Disney or whatever. And so they just feel better about themselves. Um, you know, I had various of my Disney bounders talk about how they would feel whatever character that they were Disney bounding that day, like more joy if they're somebody like Peter Pan, um, sadder if they were like Eeyore. And so, you know, they feel these things. You feel maybe more confident or more excited or whatever based on what you're cosplaying or you are Disney bounding. Um, but also both groups are very community oriented, especially online. And so these um, people who maybe struggle more with their identities or maybe they just live somewhere where there aren't a lot of people around them who are very similar to them are going to find a great community in both cosplaying and bounding communities, especially because these things are really centered online. Um, and at places like conferences or at Disney World, uh, conventions or Disney World, because like, you know, you have, that's where these people meet, but that adds this sense of community. And so, so um, that's a major thing that these people get out of this is, is they feel like they belong to something that they didn't belong to in before. Um, one of the things that I talked to my Disney bounders about was whether or not Disney bounding was performance based, if they did it okay. because it was performative. Um, and because cosplayers are, cosplayers are really performing the identity of the characters that they are um, are cosplaying. But Disney bounders said no, that they were not doing it um, to perform for other people. They were mostly doing it for that themselves, but also that because it makes them part of this group. We're not performing for the group, but we are, because of this, we become a part of that group. And I think that's really interesting that it's not a performative thing, but it is still this doing it collaboratively, doing it together um, really is so important. And that's what they get out of it is okay. the sense of community. Well, and what's really interesting is when I've talked to several other people about what they get from um, the, the Disney groups that, that we belong to and, and that we're fans of. It's that sense of community as well. And, and someone actually even said, you know, it's, it's the feeling that you are accepted and mm. you belong and how powerful that is. And, and that can be, you know, you can get that from various um, interests, um, this person said, I just happened to get it from Disney. That's where I, you know, that's where I want to get it. And so it's, that's really interesting, that sense of community to um, make people feel as though they're part of the group and as, as part of this kind of specific group um, that, mm -hmm. that not 
everyone belongs to. I think it's also interesting that people talked about um, like getting confidence from mm -hmm. bounding. It's almost as though, you know, the, kind of the old adage is people are told, you know, if you, if you're doing something, if you have a meeting that day, um, try to dress professionally or dress in something that you're comfortable with that, that kind of um, helps you build your confidence. This is much the same thing that people experience when they are bounding, right? Yes. Yes, it absolutely is. And it helps with bounding that we are almost emulating something that we see on screen. So research around uh, costuming from, from movies talks about how movie costumes are imbued with this sort of sense of awe because they are things that we see on screen. And so when we put those on, and so this would also apply to cosplaying, right? When we put those on, we feel like we're in the movies. Um, and even in, with the Disney bounds, even if they aren't screen accurate, it's that same basic idea. These clothes are the clothes that a Disney character would wear. And so they are special clothes. Okay. And so I am special because I get to wear these clothes. So, okay. Yeah. And so then specific to Disney, when, the, when someone goes and they they buy the Mickey ears at the parks. Is that in some way a form of bounding because of kind of the history of, I don't know if, if a lot of people know the history, but the Mickey ears were started when the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse was founded uh, back in the, the 30s and 40s and, and trying to have kids identify with that so they could they could be able to wear the Mickey ears and that kind of you know there's also been when um the 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 coonskin cats and everything that that kids could wear through Disney movies when you go to a park and you buy those Disney or those Mickey ears do you think that would be considered a form of bounding oh definitely I think okay. so um I think it's almost like like the easiest possible way to do some level of Disney bounding, right? You just put the ears on and you're good to go. But I know plenty of Disney bounders and I have also done the same thing where I incorporate my Mickey ears into my Disney bounds. Mm -hmm. um, and so, uh, and I know there are Disney bounders who make special ears just to match their outfits, which I think you can buy on Etsy. So if that's a thing you wanna do, go find the <laughs> Disney bounders who make Disney ears just to match all of their Disney bounds. Um, and so I think that, that in, and probably, although I don't have any evidence of this, but I would imagine some Disney bounders would say that's like the core of Disney bounding. Like that's where it is, okay. is Disney started us off because mm -hmm. so Disney bounders, Disney bound because adults are not allowed to wear costumes to Disney world. Like that's why it got started in the first place. But the one thing that they are always allowed to wear are those Mickey ears. Um, and so, you know, they're the basic thing. We can always start with Mickey ears and we can feel some level of that Disney spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, that's, it's just fascinating to hear kind of how things started and, and to where they kind of are. And, and especially it gets into this question of there are kind of the, I'm going to be careful how, how I try to categorize it, but the people who are really, really highly involved with cosplaying or bounding 
And then there are the more casual bounders or even cosplayers. Um, and, and I guess you could make the argument that on cosplaying and bounding are on different, maybe not ends of the spectrum, but they're in different places of the spectrum for sure. But then there are levels of kind of that identification or involvement within each one of those. Um, so it, it's interesting that like something like wearing the Mickey ears, that's something that um, just kind of the general attender, uh, uh, general park attendant um, or general fan can do, and maybe they don't even know that they are doing it, but there's, a, there, there's still a reason they're wanting to do that. Either they're doing it because they're there with their family and everybody in their family wants to do it. So it's kind of this fun activity. Again, getting back to that sense of community um, or if someone's there by themselves or with you know one or two other people, um, then they could kind of be a part of this smaller community, but the larger community as well. That's, that's how it sounds. Yeah, I think that's I think that's probably a big thing. Is it's an easy thing to do that just makes you more a part of this Disney World, um, which is ironic because you're probably also at Disney World. Um, but you know, one of the things that my Disney bounders talk a lot about is that they felt like they were part of the people that like we're creating the Disney spirit, right? They aren't just park attenders. They've got some sort of in. Mm -hmm. And so I think that probably the Mickey ears do the same thing. We're not just visiting, we're part of this. We are all of us living in Disney world at this moment. And we are, we are one of them because I have Mickey ears on. And so I am clearly, I'm part of this, you yeah. know? Well, and it, it reminds me of, um, it reminds me of, of talking to, there's, there's a, a short aside, there's a video about um, Autzen Stadium, which where the University of Oregon played football. And back in um, the 70s, up until the 90s, they actually held um, concerts in that stadium. And there's, there's a documentary about it. And as part of that documentary, there's someone who was like a groundskeeper who said, you know, they would go around and help people park cars and they would be, you know, people um, drive up in, in, in suit and ties and everything. And then they would walk around in 30 minutes and they were wearing like Birkenstocks and they were wearing different clothes and everything. So it's kind of this idea that people are, people are getting into the activity they are participating in, whereas they may not do that at other times of their, in their lives professional lives or individual lives, whatever. Um, and it, it, it kind of reminds me also of those, of like the memes and everything you see on social media where people will say, essentially get to the point where, you know, people dress differently when they go to Disney. It's okay to be an adult and, and wear Mickey ears and everything when you're at Disney World. And, and it kind of allows people this, this place where they can they could kind of open up and they can, they can do that. And, and as you referred to, get back to kind of some of their, their memories that they had as a child and everything, um, mm -hmm. which is really, really a cool, a cool thing. Yeah. Um, so then what do you see as kind of right now with Disney bounding, where have 
where have you seen the company kind of expand or move forward with Disney bounding? Um, and I'm thinking of things like, you know, Mickey ears that are now themed to different rides or attractions or movies or things like that. But there, there are other areas as well. So where do you see those kind of moving forward? I'm not sure I have great answer for you on this one, um, but I do think that you can buy a lot more merchandise that's like t-shirts that look like outfits that characters would wear and things like that. Um, I know I've seen a lot of those sorts of things. Um, and so I feel like they're probably targeting Disney bounders in that. Um, uh, there's jewelry that you can buy that is jewelry that the accessories and um, accessories are a huge part of Disney bounding because they're one of the easiest ways to create something to look like somebody else. Um, it, there's, oh, I had another thought and now it has left my brain. What was it? Jeez, <laughs> um, I did. I knew something. There was something else that I was like, oh yeah, that's Disney bounding. But, um, but anyway, you can buy these different things um, like women's clothing, you can buy uh, at Hot Topic, you can buy dresses that look just like the dresses, but are clearly 21st century versions of those dresses. And that's all Disney licensed merchandise. And so I think that they are pushing towards finding ways of letting the adults wear the costumes without actually wearing the costumes okay um and so in in various forms of clothing and then more merchant more accessories to go with those clothes you can see that i do feel like there's an unusually large amount of that happening at hot topic from what i've seen i don't i try to not go to hot topic anymore because i feel like i'm an adult um but also like i get their emails so um and i think that there is a lot of a lot of dresses that I've seen that look just like the characters' dresses. So okay, yeah. and then you know, there's there's also this idea that um, when you go to Disney World, or or there's this idea that that kind of popular culture or society has put out that dressing up as a character, or whether you're trying to be screen accurate, or or a character in this reality um that that's not there's not a large portion of the population that does that however they are they these groups are growing more and more people are doing this and so what do you see as kind of the the level of acceptance in our modern society for people who who participate in this, um, and then also having talked to people who participate in these activities, um, is that something that level of acceptance? Is that something that is really important within just the group or with outside of the group as well? If that makes sense, it does make sense. Yeah. So I think that there is growing acceptance for this, and I think that it has a lot to do with the sort of mainstreamness of comic book conventions. Um, Comic-Con itself has become so basically normal that everybody is on board with Comic-Con. You know, you might still have some people who are like nerds going to conventions. And I mean, I say that like, I'm a, such a nerd, I go to comic book conventions, but 
it's very normal, in fact, these days. Uh, you know, the entire city of San Diego just shuts down during mm-hmm. Comic-Con because nothing else can get done because so many people go. And so I think that that makes it a little bit more acceptable for people to wear costumes. Now, it, wearing costumes in normal life is still sort of frowned upon. And that's where Disney bounders sort of slip in and mm-hmm. are like, look, here's a way for us to do this that's more socially acceptable. Um, but I think that that in terms of how um, Disney banners care about that um, acceptance is that they kind of don't care. Okay. Um, they're like, I'm doing this for me. Now, in my personal experience, everybody loves it when I Disney bound. When I was Disney bounding for that month, I was in graduate school, right? And every day it became a game. Who's Nettie bounding as today? Okay. And I talked to several of my Disney bounders and they said the same thing. Like when they would go out in public, it would be like, oh, who is this person? Who is she today? Or who is he today? And and so it's like, they don't think it's weird. It's just part of what we do. Now, if you say I regularly dress like Disney characters, somebody might look at you like you're nuts. But if you're like, well, but I'm not like, I'm not wearing a costume in my real life. Then it's like, oh, well, that's not, that's not that weird. That's fine. You know, and so I think that, there is growing acceptance to a point. And then if you're, certainly if you're in special occasions like conventions or going to Disney World, people don't think it's that weird. But even so, the bounding in normal life is pretty accepted. Um, people generally don't think it's that weird. They think it's yeah. cool. So. Yeah. The, and, you know, it, it kind of also, it reminds me of just the way as a society that things are labeled acceptable or normal and abnormal or not acceptable and and kind of the I guess the the decision makers that have been kind of come throughout history to decide what's what's acceptable and what's not acceptable seems like it's changing as well um, which is something that is to the overall benefit um, of of society as as society progresses um but it seems like that would have something to do with it as well that that you know the decisions are not necessarily being made um by the people who made those previously like people are now able to take more control over those decisions in those situations yeah i agree i think that that's that there's certainly more of an emphasis these days on being whoever you want to be rather than a very strict definition mm-hmm. of what is socially acceptable. And so I think that really helps to be like, well, I cosplay. Well, who do you cosplay as, right? Rather than nerd. So oh. then when somebody, when somebody does cosplay or bound, mm-hmm. um, do you think it's more what's the higher likelihood that somebody kind of has one or two characters that they strongly identify with and so that's who they cosplay or bound? Or is it, uh, and you mentioned it earlier, is it maybe just, I like Disney, so anything I can do to, to represent Disney, I'm going to do. Or I like Marvel or Doctor Who or something. So any, yeah. any character is kind of open ramp realm. 
So I would say probably, even though they do, they do tend to have a wide range, Disney Bounders more than cosplayers, mostly because cosplaying is expensive and hard to do. And so they have, but I think with either one, there will always be go-to characters. These are my first go-to characters. Um, and so I think that those people are probably the people they identify with the most. Mm -hmm. My go-to Disney character is always Ariel from The Little Mermaid, um, mostly because I like her. And for a long time, my hair was red. And so you know, it was just easy. But, you know, I, it's also fun. I also do uh, Elsa a lot because I have the outfit, but also I like Elsa. I think she's a great character. And so I want to Disney bound as Elsa if I'm gonna Disney bound as anybody, you know? And so I feel like there's probably, we do have a range that people can do so that they get that Disney spirit, but also they have go-to characters that okay. are their first people that they would go to. Okay. And again, those are, those go-to characters are kind of based on some psychological connection that people have. Probably, yes, okay. yeah. Um, so then if we could kind of talk about going to conventions and meetings, mm -hmm. um, sort of walk us through what is the, what's the experience of going to something like a Comic-Con or something where a lot of people are either bounding or cosplaying? Well, I find I, I don't go very often because I find them very overwhelming because I'm an introvert who doesn't like large groups of people. Um, but it is really interesting to see all of the different kinds of people and all of the different kinds of characters that are, are bounded uh, or cosplayed. Um, and I, I really enjoy it. It's a very, for me, again, as an introvert, it's a good people watching activity. Um, and it's it's really overwhelming you know you see all these people and you're like I don't even know these people aren't real people they're just like these characters coming out into this real it's wild um but it is you do feel especially when you are cosplaying like you're one of them and you're like this isn't actually as intimidating as it could be because I am one of these people and we're just all in this together and we're you know, you might be, you might be dressed as, um, I don't know, Boba Fett from Star Wars and I'm dressed as the doctor, but it doesn't matter. We're still in this together. Um, and so it does, it feels like this huge group of terrifying people I've never met before, but who are all doing the same thing and are all here for the same purpose. And so it's like, these are my people and mm -hmm. I found them and it's amazing. So. Is there any kind of cliques or, or factions or anything within those communities and specifically what I'm thinking is like people who have been doing it either a long time or they make their own costumes or they spend a lot of money on their costumes um, versus someone who maybe is there for the first time or they they don't have the type of resources that they're they're able to make or, or purchase the um kind of the most screen accurate depictions, I guess. Yeah, um, that, are there yes. differences there? There are, um, this is gonna sound a little bit mean, but sometimes cosplayers are not very nice to people that don't have the resources that they do that uh, others of them have. So uh, this is, 
I had a lot of feedback from my Disney vendors that would say, we don't want to cosplay because cosplayers are mean about screen accuracy. And we don't want to be like that. We just want to be able to wear whatever we want, but cosplayers are really mean. Um, and so I think that there is this subsection and I don't think it's a huge group of them, but there are people who are like, well, if you can't afford to do screen accurate and you can't afford and you don't have the skills to do this, then you shouldn't even bother. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I don't like those people because I like just whatever works, works. I go to Goodwill and find outfits. So, you know, um, but I, there is there. So there are these niche groups um, and this varying degrees of how good the cosplay is and how good the cosplay is may make it. So some people are are part of an out group whereas others are part of the in group. So then because that one what I research is the in-group and out-group and kind of how to make the negativity or make the differences between the interactions less negative between those groups. Um, are there some things you've seen that are, are being done to try and, and, and make those same changes or make those changes within the cosplaying community um, and, and if not, what are some ideas? Yeah, so just because I'm not a huge part of the cosplaying community, I don't necessarily know that I've seen much of anything. Um, I, I do think that, that having different spaces that are um, sort of suggestion spaces, this is something that Disney Bounders do. The Disney Bounding subreddit is almost entirely made up of I need help. I want to Disney bound as this, and I and I don't have a lot of money. What are some suggestions on how I could do that? That would be something else that I would imagine exists does exist somewhere, probably on Reddit for cosplayers. Um, but also just you know making sure that you're nice to other people who mm -hmm. cosplay. <laughs> you know, just be nice people, and the whole world will be a better place. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so understanding that people have different financial backgrounds and sort of normalizing um, that cosplaying is anything we want it to be, and it doesn't have to be these screen accurate costumes. Huh, computer, stop doing that. Sorry. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> the, so then when you're at a, a conference or convention, mm -hmm. um, Kind of what is the experience or, or what do you what do you see has been your experience and what have you observed as the experience with um like are people constantly asking people for pictures and they're kind of hounding people for pictures and so could there be or is there a form of for someone who just wants to go and they just want to dress up but doesn't necessarily want to interact with a lot of people and maybe they're forced to interact for for different reasons uh gender reasons and, and different things that could come into play um does that exist and and kind of how can that be made a better situation i think that's an excellent question um and again, I don't know that there's a great answer to it only because like you can't make everybody do the same things, right? Um, 
for one thing, you as a human being should not take pictures of people if you don't want to. And so again, that being nice from mm -hmm. your perspective. Um, but I hate to say this, but if you cosplay as something that a lot of people cosplay as, it's less likely that you're going to want, they're going to want to have your picture taken with you um, because it's like, there's a whole bunch of, I don't know, Spider-Mans. And so I don't need to take a picture with you specifically. Um, and so that's certainly something that could help um, making sure that your dress, your outfits aren't overly sexual because that's what's going to get a lot of people at conventions to take pictures with you. Um, and I hate that, right? I'm like, dress however you want. Um, but yeah. now see, so when I go to conventions, I dress as the 10th doctor from Doctor Who, mostly because I own that outfit. And if you own a brown pinstriped outfit suit, you should wear said brown pinstriped suit whenever you get the chance. <laughs> And I thought this was totally harmless. It's not sexy. It's not anything. And people went wild. They were like, oh my God, you're a femme 10. This is so cool. And I'm like, really? I'm just, I'm just wearing a suit. Um, and so there's a point at which it's not ever going to like leave you alone, that that's just part of something. And so the buddy system is probably a good way of doing things. Don't go to conventions by yourself if you're really worried about it. Go with your outgoing friend who can be like, no, I'm sorry, they don't like it when you do that. Um, or those sorts of things. Because it is, it's, it's a big, it's a big problem because yeah. there is this almost community expectation that you take pictures with each other, that everybody's in this together. And if you aren't, and it makes you really nervous, you have to be able to say, no, thank you. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. And, and it, I mean, it's, it's one of those unfortunate things that, that people, certain people can be made to feel that, you know, they have to do something as yeah. within, within really any group um, and within our society as a whole as well. Um, so do you think it is, do you think that pressure to take pictures and, and, and uh, kind of interact with people is that more, is there more pressure on um, women who cosplay, men who cosplay, or do you think it is on, as you said, what you are cosplaying at the character? Yeah, so I would like to hope that it's not a gendered thing. I, I would imagine that it is mostly the outfit is so cool that somebody wants to take a picture with you. You know, if your outfit is like dead on screen accurate, clearly homemade, somebody's gonna wanna take a picture with you, you know? Cause it's like, you made that yourself? Oh my God, I have to like record this for posterity. And so that should, and that also should be the case, right? It should be that your mm -hmm. outfit is so cool that I wanna take a picture with you, not, oh my God, I think you're hot and I wanna take a picture with you. And so, you know, that's hopefully the, and I think it is, I do think that's the main reason that pictures, that's why everybody wanted to take my picture, not because I was a woman, but because it was like screen accurate. And also I was a woman. And so then it was like this cool version of the doctor. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, those are the sorts of things. If you just look really cool, that's what's going to make people want to interact with you. Okay, okay. Then um, to kind of, I, I don't know if this is by definition meta or not, um, but when these properties are being made, the actors and actresses who are wearing the costumes 
in the productions. Is that, I mean, in a way that is cosplaying, isn't it? Because they are kind of originating that depiction. I, I suppose, yes. I mean, they are. I, I would say that that cos an element of cosplaying is that it is recreating something. Okay. Um, and so, you know, if it's a remake, maybe the actor is is cosplaying a little bit. Um, and then, of course, there's always that question in remake films of like, well, they don't look like the original character. Yeah. And you're like, well, who cares? It's a different actor. Um, but people do care, right? And so I feel like by originating the role, it's not really cosplaying, but okay. it is kind of, you know, and so then it you would question something like a Broadway show, right? Because mm -hmm. they don't, you know, <laughs> doing it. So I don't know. You've, I don't, I've never thought about it before. <laughs> so now I'm like, whoa. Well, and and just the the idea that, I mean, there, it's you know those people are being paid to do it as well. Whereas mm -hmm. people who are participating in cosplaying and participating in bounding, they are paying to do that um, on some level. Yeah. Um, and so. Uh, well, you you mentioned you mentioned sometimes. Um, well, there are some times that you have like you know you can hire Disney princesses to come okay, to parties. Yeah, yeah, those people would be cosplayers who get paid for it. Yeah, because that's what that that was another thing that I that I was thinking of as like when you go to you have someone come to a party or it's really really popular at sporting events now where you have like Star Wars night or superhero night or huh. princess night. That's weird. Um, <laughs> And, and you'll have people walking around that they're dressed up like the characters, um, the 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 five hundred one, uh, the five hundred first. Yeah, does that a lot. Yeah, that you know they'll they'll go to these events, um, and so um, the, I get there are situations where either you are invited or in some ways you're receiving some type of maybe not necessarily financial payment, but you are receiving some kind of services and, and usually financial payment to do that. Yeah. Um, so then one thing that I, I think is, is interesting to, to look into the future, um, what do you see as, we'll start with, what do you see as the future of cosplaying and bounding? I think that it's going to become a lot more socially acceptable. I think you're going to see a lot more people doing it. Um, and an increasing level of expectation of screen accuracy for cosplay, because we have a lot more resources available pretty easily. With things like 3D printers, we can make all sorts of bizarro things. And so I think that um, when we go to conventions, we're going to see a lot more um, challenging sorts of, of cosplay. Okay. Um, now, in terms of Disney bounding, I think we're going to see a lot more Disney sanctioned things to help with Disney okay. bounding, because I do think that they're just leaning into that so much. Um, they have been doing releasing screen accurate masks, right? Mm -hmm. And so these are things that adults can wear and it like looks like a Disney princess's mouth, which freaks me out. I don't need a mouth on top of my mouth, but you know, like those are the sorts of things that they're like, we want you to still come. And also here's a way for you to Disney bound and, you know, even more and also wear a mask. And so, you know, I think that we're going to see a lot more from Disney that is sort of supporting Disney bounding. Okay. And then that kind of leads into the, the next question that I had. 
with the pandemic and with the the ongoing pandemic and we don't know when it we don't know if it will end we don't know when a new normal will set in it could be a year or two it could be farther down the road how do you see that impacting um participants of like cosplaying and bounding i mean right now we don't you know we are not having large conventions large gatherings of right. people um, so how has that impacted these participants and how do you think it will continue to impact anyone who is participating in those? Well, so I, I have seen quite, quite a few things of people who are cosplayers whose cosplays ought, ought, include a mask of some point who just are wearing their cosplays out in the public because they're like, well, it already has a mask, yeah. so why not? Um, and I think that there's going to be, there probably is cosplayers meeting virtually. Um, I know that some of these conventions are in fact still having virtual things and so I would imagine there's a lot of just sort of at home cosplaying happening. Um, I hope that they're still doing that. I know that Disney bounders are doing the same thing. So I, I follow Leslie Kay's um, uh, Tumblr account and she what she does on the Tumblr account is she presents hypothetical Disney bounds and shows like the outfits that you could wear and the, during the pandemic she has been changing those outfits to lounge around the house outfits okay. um, that are still Disney bounds and so she's basically going look you just because you're at home doesn't mean you have to stop Disney bounding and so keep up the Disney spirit even though we're in this horrible situation yeah. and so I think that actually Disney mounting could be really great to do at home to sort of lift your spirits and you're still part of the online community. And I don't know that the Disney bounders are doing anything. I certainly haven't seen anything about virtual meetups, um, but I would imagine at least small groups of them are. Yeah. And so doing those sorts of things, you know, this could be certainly something fun you could do with your friends even just over your Zoom on your Zoom dates. Like, we're going to have a Zoom party and everybody dressed like their favorite Disney character, but mm -hmm. just with the stuff that's already in your closet, you know, um, so maybe it'll make it so there are more Disney bounders. Yeah, well, and the the idea that entertainment and, and what we participate in, whatever that is, and as long as it is not hurting people, that's generally a good thing if it makes a person happy. Yes. Um, that that is a diversion. And right now, more than ever, people need diversions. Yes. Um, because, you know, when the pandemic first started, um, the people needed diversions then because of the unknown nature. And now we're talking in February 2021, and we are, are in the United States going on almost a year of this situation where, and so people are definitely in need of ways to divert their attention away from, yes. from what's going on, which is generally, as I said, if, if you're doing it in a way that's, that's beneficial to yourself and not harmful to someone else, um, in general, that's typically a, a positive thing, a positive outcome. Mm -hmm. um, so do you have anything, anything else you think it would be interesting for people to hear on either cosplaying or um, bounding activities? 
I think just it's always good to know that everybody can do both of these things. Um, Disney rounding is always easier, but even cosplay is not that hard. Um, you just have to sort of get a little creative sometimes. Most, so again, I, I just mostly go to Goodwill and find these things and can find some pretty screen accurate things. It helped that I lived in San Francisco for two years where the Goodwills there were just like really great. You're like, <laughs> everywhere should just have Goodwills like this. Um, but I was, um, I was Peggy Carter once and I got that outfit okay. entirely at a Goodwill in Columbia, Missouri. So like you can do, you can do these things really on, on a low budget pretty easily. And you shouldn't feel like just because you don't have a lot of resources that you can't be your favorite characters they're actually it's not that difficult you just sometimes have to get a little bit creative but most of the time um and so i always like to make sure everybody knows that this sounds hard it's not hard you can do it if you want to do it you can absolutely do it yeah yeah i, I think that's great to to put it that way and I, I think also the the idea that um what you talked about it's becoming more socially acceptable as we kind of progress forward and, and we, um, in a way, allow people to be more, allow them to be themselves more um, than, than in the past, um, which I think is a really great thing. And I think if this is something that people can find um, joy in, um, that it sounds like this is, these are activities that can, can help people, especially, um, as you said, like build um, the confidence or um, able to display the characteristics that they like yeah. from, from the, the specific characters that they, they're cosplaying or bounding as. Um, yes. So, well, thank you for that discussion. Um, it, it's, as I said, before we started recording, it's something that I've wanted to talk about for a long time. And a lot of, um, a lot of the students in the class are really, really interested um, and, and the activities as well, and kind of what they mean and what people get from them and, and, and bringing more people in to those activities, I think, which you talked about that sense of community and that sense of, um, of acceptance. And so the, the last thing that I, I like to do is um, just kind of have some, some rapid questions that um, most of them deal with the parks as you are talking to us about cosplaying and bounding today, there are a few in there um, about that as well. But um, you can, for these, you can explain as much as you want. You don't have to explain anything if you don't want to. Um, so the first one is your favorite um, Disney park. That could be resort if you've been to multiple and by resort, I mean Disney World, Disneyland, Shanghai. It could be resort if if you've been to multiple ones. If you haven't been to multiple ones, it could be like your favorite gate at a Disney park. Yeah, so I generally prefer Disneyland, mostly because it's smaller. Um, I also weirdly am like allergic to Florida and get sick every time I go to Disney World. And so I much prefer Disneyland. I've also <laughs> been to Tokyo Disney, and I but I really like Disneyland. I'm a big fan of all of the things there. Okay. All right. And then at any park that you've been to, um, favorite attraction that's a ride? Um, I like, I, I like a lot of, I like a lot of them. And so, you know, there's that, but um, I really, 
I really like my family are really weirdly big fans of the enchanted tiki room okay. like it's bizarre but we just love it and it's like one of the first things we hit every time we go to the park and then we sing along with it and my sisters-in-law just look at us like we're nuts <laughs> <laughs> just like no this is so much fun <laughs> Well, you know, they have they have the Dole Whip stand right outside they of do. the building yes. as well. That that's a that's an attraction we we go to. We have the soundtrack that that uh, we we have we sing that um, pretty regularly. Um, favorite attraction that's a show at any park. Oh, I don't think I have a good answer for that. Um, you know, I just sort of, I, I like the end of the evening fireworks. And so okay. whatever level of the fireworks we can manage to see um, and while also sort of sneaking out to beat the crowds. Yeah. Um, but I like, I like the way that they do fireworks at Disney um, better than most other places. So. Okay. Uh, when I go, I, we don't eat at a lot of sit down restaurants. Um, we do a lot of quick service and everything, but we do a lot of treats or at least I do. And so do you have a favorite Disney treat at any of the parks? Oh man, I, I'm sure I do. I just cannot think of it. Um, yeah, I can't, I don't think, I, there's nothing that's coming to mind. I'm sure okay. I know because we eat lots of treats as well and I can't, I can't think of anything. Okay. And then your favorite Disney character that could be Disney proper, like animated live action, or it could be any of the um, acquired properties. So, you know, there's always this like fondness that I have for Ariel because she was sort of my first Disney princess um, at, you know, cause I was like three when the movie came out. And so, you know, I was old enough to start figuring it out. I do, of course, as an adult go, girl, stop it. You are 16 years old, ma'am. <laughs> um, and so a little torn there all the time. <laughs> Um, but you know, I, I, I like a lot of the star Wars characters, okay. uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge Ewan McGregor fan. And so by extension, I'm a huge Obi-Wan Kenobi fan. So he's probably one of my favorites. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then specific to, uh, cosplaying and bounding, um, do you have a favorite character that you have cosplayed as? So I, tend to cosplay as Doctor Who characters and I can do a huge range of Doctor Who characters. Um, mostly because when the 50th anniversary special came out, I just did that for just a week, just in my everyday life. I cosplayed it as the various characters. Um, and I am a really big Amy Pond fan from Doctor Who. And so okay. I can cosplay as Amy pretty nicely and I really enjoy that one, so. Okay, um, favorite character, do you have a favorite character that you have bounded as? Uh, I have bound it as a lot of characters. Uh, and so, I mean, probably when I do Elsa, I really, I have this weird necklace that looks like ice. And so it's just like, it's very cool. Um, I wish I had blonde hair, but I would look silly with blonde hair. So the, the, um, what is your, do you have a favorite or I guess, um, neatest character that you have seen someone cosplay or bound as? Oh man, I, I really like, I've seen a lot of really cool characters and I keep like, they keep flashing in my brain yeah. through this conversation. And now I'm like, I don't know. Um, but uh, cause 
there's just a really a huge number of really cool ones. So there's a thing that happens at Disney twice a year um, at Disney World, but they have them at the different parks anyway. It's called Dapper Day, mm-hmm. and they and you know they are all dressed in their like their formal wear basically, and then a whole bunch of the Disney bounders do that while Disney bounding, and so they're Disney bounding in formal wear, and that's okay. just amazing to me. Like I'm a big old school dresses, hats sort of person, and so my dream is to go on Dapper Day and to do, and so all of their Dapper Day bounds are like my favorite. <laughs> well, and I, I'm really glad that you brought that up because that when somebody goes on Dapper Day or Dapper Days, um, and they're not necessarily bounding as a disney character but just going and participating in the that activity is that a form of cosplay or bounding i think it's not necessarily because a lot of people just go in like normal everyday dapper day clothing um some of them are specifically doing bounding but a lot of them aren't they're just wearing fancy clothes and so again it's that intentionality do you mean to be disney bounding or just dress nice um and there's a difference Okay. And then the the last question, is there a character um, that you would like to cosplay or bound as in the future that you haven't already? Uh, my boyfriend and I actually just had this conversation a few months ago because he wants to do couple cosplay. And I'm like, I, uh, I don't know. Who do you want to go as? He's like, I don't know. And so we've had a long conversation about like different people and all of his are video game characters and mine are like, we could do Padme and Anakin. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, but I don't look like Anakin. And I'm like, well, I don't look like Padme. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So um, I think that that's probably what will be the next step is finding a nice couple character that he and I can do together. Um, We haven't figured it out yet. Cause again, he's just all these video game characters. And I'm like, I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. And he's like, well, figure it out, Daddy. <laughs> well, well, great. And thank you for talking with us. Um, thank you for having walking me. Us, wa- yeah, thank you. Walking us through what it means to cosplay, what it means to bound, and what people, why people get into it, what people um, get from it. Um, I guess the, the there there is one more thing I would ask before uh, we kind of get into how people can get in touch with you. But um what would you tell people who maybe have never done this, but are thinking it might be fun or listen to this or watch this and think maybe they want to try it? What would you, what would your advice be for those people? My first advice would be to find, figure out who you want to go as. It's a lot easier than starting with the clothes. So start with a goal. Say, I want to be Ariel. I want to be Elsa. I want to be Aladdin. And then go to your closet and see what you have already, because I always think you already have it. Um, I have a theory, everybody's got a pirate costume in their closet. Um, And I think that can extend to Disney bounding really easily. I have been proven false in that, so who knows. Um, And if you can't find it in your closet, go to your local thrift store, they have it. Um, You just have to, again, find your creative side. Um, If you feel like I'm not creative at all, then I would go to Leslie Kay's Twitter account or her Tumblr and follow her because she gives really great suggestions and you might not be able to afford the clothes she chooses because you can't, they're all like really expensive. And I'm like, ah, ma'am, nobody, anyway. But you can look at what she's suggesting and say, oh yes, I have something very similar to this in my closet. It just didn't occur to me that it was whoever, that it was Snow White. Okay, 
All right. Well, and then if anybody wants to get in touch with you to continue the conversation or have questions or anything, um, what's the best way to get in touch with you? So you can contact me on my, just over email, which is just nbrock at moreheadstate.edu. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter, which is one underscore only Nettie B or on Instagram, which is my Disney bounding Instagram, which is queen Nettie of Arendelle. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. This was, this was a great conversation. Um, I had a lot of fun. Thank me you too. very much. Oh, you're so welcome. Bye. Well, that's going to do it for another episode of the Being a Fan of Disney podcast. I'm your host, Cody Haver. I want to take this opportunity to thank everyone for joining us and listening and to say that I hope you found the information, whether content covered in class or interviews with guests, fun, informational, entertaining, and even inspiring. If you want to follow along with the class, you can do so by following me on Twitter at chaverphd. That's C H A V. A-R-D-P-H-D, or by joining the public group on Facebook, Being a Fan of Disney. If you want to engage with any of the guests we've had in class, their contact information is included in each of the show notes. So again, thank you for joining us. It was a great time having you. If you like what you hear, please share this out so other people can engage with the information, possibly learn more about their Disney fandom and their love for all things Disney related. With that, Thank you again and have a great day.